You're listening to Blue Collar CEO, the podcast that's all about helping you build a better, more profitable, and more sustainable home service business. Each week, we will cover a different topic that'll help you enable your company to move forward to success. And here's your host, Ryan Redding. What is up, Blue Collar CEOs? It's Ryan. It's great to be with you today. I'm coming at you with a very awesome episode, which I can't believe, honestly, we haven't talked about because we're going to have two new things on the show that's new for us. One, we're going to be talking to our first ever Sparky. We've had a lot of guys in the trades of plumbing and HVAC. We've had pest control guys, we've had guys in construction, but never someone who just does electrical. So really glad for that. And two, we're we'll going to be talking to something that's really dear to my heart, but it's about how important reviews are and maintaining your customer experience from before you answer the phone to after the tech is done leaving the house. Let's hop on in. I've been looking forward to having you on the show because we've had, we've had a string of other people in the trades. We've had plumbers, we had HVAC guys, we've had pest control guys, we've had everything in the middle, but we haven't had a Sparky. So... For those who don't know you, Rodney, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so thanks for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it. My name is Rodney Bailey. Uh, I started Magathy Electric over 25 years ago uh, with the idea of changing the world in the electrical industry. And uh, since that time, I'll tell you, it's been a lot of ups and downs uh, through that 25-year period of time for sure. The 25 years is a long time, man. There's There's been a lot of change. What? What are some of like either the most meaningful moments or maybe some of the most surprising moments like in that journey? Because that's a lot. Yeah, it was. So the interesting thing about electrical, um, when I started out in electrical business, there was really no uh, best practices uh, built around the electrical business. A lot of the initial things were coming out with uh, the HVAC and plumbing industries in support of them. So electricians kind of really took the back burner to plumbing and HVAC. So we never really had the, the opportunity that they had in the early days of, you know, flat rate pricing and, and the best practices group. Um, as time went on and they started to implement those best practices into electrical, it gave me an opportunity to, to look at those programs and, and see what was possible. So we, we never really had that, though, you know, back in the early 90s. Um, and if you fast forward to today, you know, with technology and Internet and social media, it really has given electricians a unique opportunity to win in the market. Yeah, that's interesting. And OK, so thinking about the curve, like so early 90s, uh, well, technology was very, very different because what Google came on the scene, what, 96, I think? Yep. Like was when Google kind of made their splash and they they changed I mean the game. I remember um like my dad a lot of people don't know this. My dad ran a pest control company um like 80s to early 90s and uh, like back when all you needed was like a yellow page ad. You know, just get the biggest ad you could find in the yellow pages and a local number to that city, you know. And uh he, that's how you kept busy. And then when the internet started coming and everyone started getting like computers at home and AOL Things changed really quickly. He struggled to keep up with all the pivots. How how was it for you starting a business pre-Google being the thing that they are now? 
learning to like grow your business in one set of rules, but then really quickly, in just a few years, having to change to a whole new pace. Like, was that a challenge? It was a big challenge, um, especially when you when you go from you know one thing where you've you've think you've figured it out um, in the way of yellow book or yellow page advertising. Uh, and then that steady progression of losing what you thought you had perfected and then moving into a completely new environment um, with the internet. And it seems like the rules of, of the internet change on a, on a very, very rapid pace, even no joke. today. So, you know, I thought I had my, my maps placements figured out and then I got penalized and I was down for 60 days. And that was a that was a pretty significant time where we were without calls. So you, you're you're constantly learning and evolving. And and for me, I always try to stay on the forefront of technology. I try to align myself with the very best vendors in the marketplace. That's uh you know when when I learned about your company and through Russell, you know it was an awesome, awesome thing because it gave me the opportunity to partner with you. Um, we've had tons of, of bad partner relationships over the years that, that let us down bad roads and spent lots and lots of unnecessary money. So that, that change, that fast pace of change that happens uh, today, I mean, you really got to be aware of it and, and have a great line of communication between you and the vendors that you work with. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I think, um, yeah, it's funny that you say this because, so as a vendor, obviously, uh, you know, like we we do the marketing lane, right? And I think a lot of companies think that we can like work well, like in a little sandbox, you know, just like magically have these buttons. But in reality, like our best partnerships are the ones where we do what we do well, but we work closely with, you know, your office to make sure that we are synced on your goals. We're prioritizing our efforts where they need to go. And it's really hard to do that in a vacuum, um, which is one of the things I, I love about working with you guys at Magathy. And I know like part of that thing, though, that you've also found, like this is true in the maps. Uh, Google made this a big deal. Uh, Amazon has made it a big deal. Is like the importance of like reviews, you know, because like what, 25 years ago, reviews really weren't a thing, especially like the way we understand them now. How like how do you think about like the importance of like reviews and reputation and, and things along those lines? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think the review part of, of my business has propelled us, you know, way ahead of the competition in our local marketplace. Um, it's critical. And some of the things that, that we do, I, I kind of, Ryan, create a framework um, for, for getting reviews. And, and for us, you know, that framework is uh, broken down. We have our external customers, um, and that's the customer itself, the external part of that. And then we have the internal piece of that, which is our, our team. Um, so we break it down in them two frameworks. And then, and then what we do from there is for, for what the customer sees and perceives about us, we have before, during, and after that customer journey with us. So the before is the things that you do for me uh, at our company, the, the website, the messaging on the website, um, our brand, our logo, the, the trucks, our social media messaging, um, past reviews, all the things that the customer comes in contact 
with us about our business is our before component. And as an owner, I want to do the very best I can to make that before messaging really pop and stand out so that the customer clicks on our website or clicks on our ad and, and dives deeper into who we are as a company. Um, and then our dooring is is where the CSR comes in um, and, and our service experts and our dispatcher. Um, they're the ones who are coming into contact with that customer for the very first time over the phone. So we want to make sure that 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 first initial touch point is is almost perfect. Right. Um, and sometimes it's we come up short. We're not perfect, but we try to make it as perfect as possible. Um, we utilize technology. Uh, Service Titans, a big component of the customer experience and the customer journey with us. Um, and then after our after part of this is how we communicate with the customer, what we look like, how we smell, how we present ourselves, the quality of work that we do, um, that we're on time, that we come into a fully stocked truck, we provide upfront pricing, all the things that that the service expert does when he's in front of the customer. So, you know, if we do a great job in the before and during, by the time our service expert knocks on the door and, and presents himself, our goal is to have lowered that bar so much so that it makes it really easy for him to do what he's got to do as a service expert and deliver a five-star service. So- I, yeah, I love that you even break that down into like stages. Like, so uh, we, I, I sometimes think about like the, uh, the pre-experience, right? Like before they even pick up a phone, like wh- how do people experience your brand? Right. And I feel like a lot of guys, like don't care about that part, no. right? They just kind of focus about like, well, let's make sure our uniforms are clean and we wear booties. And you're like, they they forget that the first thing that people see about your business is usually like your your truck's driving down the road, it's your website, like it's all these other things. And I love, for instance, like you you've gone through the kick charge process, uh, which like Dan Antonelli's been on our show before. He does amazing work. Yes. Like helping separate companies from the rest of the crowd. Yes. Right. Which makes to your point, like when you when you set yourself up apart from the crowd early on, if it's really easy to maintain that really premium, that high level of customer experience throughout. You know, like so including like uh uh, you know, sometimes guys think like, hey, you can have a really cheap logo and come up in a crappy truck and then charge top dollar for your work. Because that, that's going to bite you in the butt more times than not, you know? Absolutely. It'd be like uh, asking you to go to the Dunkin' Donuts and pay $6 for a cup of coffee, uh, expecting to get the same experience that you would have going to a Starbucks, right? You're, right. you're not going to, it's not going to happen. And you would leave that Dunkin' Donuts upset. And feeling like, uh, yeah, that wasn't a good six-hour cup of coffee. How I feel like a lot of people struggle. Um, so, uh, like a tech when they're doing a job, I feel like they're they're just so focused on like, punching out the next ticket, right? They just like do what you need to do and then go on to the next. And I know you're you're a next star guy, right? Yes, that's what I thought. Next star is like really good about like focus on the call. Like yes. that's your call. Focus there. Correct. Um. But I still feel like even with Nexstar sort of training and coaching, there's sometimes like this gap of text not quite getting the memo of how important the customer experience is. Yes. You know, like 
how the customer face-to-face interacts. And I, yep. like you mentioned the word smell, like even the word smell, like is a very visceral sort of component. How do you teach your team to understand, believe, empower, and live in the importance of that that experience for the customer? Sure. So that's a great question, Ryan. And how we do it, how the approach I take, uh, it starts at the foundational level for me. Um, and that is that starts on the hiring process, right? So when we're interviewing guys uh, in these roles that we want to fulfill, um, we want to make sure that 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 person that's going to be a part of this team is a person that's going to be a great fit for our culture and also someone who has the willingness to serve others first, right? Because if, if intuitively they can do that, I know that even if they're not where I want them to be from a technical standpoint, I can train them to get to that level. Um, but the one thing that I can't change about someone is who they are as a person, right? So right. in that in that foundation for me, you know, I found that in the past 25 years, when I've hired wrong, I've set myself up for a failure. When I hire right, I, I set myself up for success. So I try to align with people who are going to be a good fit for this environment and this culture. And, and I found that when I do that, it's a win for the person coming in on board. It's a win for that customer. And it's also a win for the company. So it's having the right who's a part of your team, like the way you're describing is, is just really, really important. I think a lot of people don't realize how important when you align the right people with the right character, with the right motives, like yeah. uh, those things go a long way. Long way. So, and then once I get that part established and I got the right person coming on the team, from there we go to the education part. Um, so, you know, for me, ongoing education is a critical component to delivering a five-star service experience to the customer. Um, it's not a one and done kind of thing. Like we don't right. train you when you come on board and then you never, you know, experience that training again. So for me, we're, we're constantly training the, the service experience with the guys um, here at the shop. Um, that goes for the our CSR too. You know, she's constantly in the mix of training as well because we don't want her to get in a situation where she's not as sharp as she could be. So it's a constant ongoing process for, for her, for dispatch, for the service experts. Um, and we do rely heavily on the training that we've taken from Nexstar. Um, you know, that's that six point service experience that we teach uh, in service systems. So, uh, you know, the, that part of it, once we get through training and they actually do get in a truck and they are in front of a customer, you know, one of the key components to that is in the very beginning, before we even put a price to, to paper, is we let the customer know that, you know, one of our primary goals for the visit is to deliver a five-star service experience to them. And if for any reason we fall short, please let us know. So we're teeing it up from, from the very beginning of the visit. And then throughout the process of the visit, you know, we're checking in with the customer on a, on a regular basis. And at the very end, Ryan, we also asked the customer, Mrs. Jones, was I able to deliver a five-star service experience for you today? And if it's a yes, 
If you get a chance, would you please take a minute to write a review? We'll send you the link and it would mean a lot to me. Um, that's how we close out the call. And then we do send a link on every call for a review. So that asking component, I think a lot of times guys forget to ask the customer for the five-star review. Um, And that's been one of our probably most successful points of the service experience because the guys do a great job. Uh, Sometimes not for us, but sometimes guys forget to ask, Hey, you know, if, if, if I did everything that I said I was going to do, would you mind writing a review for me? Cause it would mean a lot to me. It doesn't mean a lot to the company. It doesn't mean a lot, you know, to their bottom it's, line. Yeah, it's personally important to them. Yes. And and yeah. that's what we really drive home. And and I've seen um I've seen the difference between guys who ask, who tee it up in the beginning of the call and at the end of the call. I've seen the difference in the reviews being written for one guy over another guy. So it's a part of our process that we instill in them from day one that these reviews are critical for the success of this company. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy because I feel like, um, I think you're spot on that the magic is in the ask, right? I think, I think a lot of people have this mindset of, well, I'll just go in and I'll press them and I'll be really smart and personable and blah, blah, blah. And all those are great. And just assume that people will naturally organically leave a review and then like in my experience, that only happens when a customer's pissed off. Right. That is you right. know, like wh- when they're pissed off, you don't have to ask anything. They're gonna find a microphone. Yes. Um, but when they're happy, it's like, cool, this is amazing. They don't think they don't think about going online necessarily and leaving these digital crumbs. And so I love that you put so much focus in on like seed, I think you used the word like tee up the ask, you know, from the very first touch and then all the way through. Okay, but let me ask this. I know. Gosh, I know a lot of guys, especially in like really dense metro areas where competition is really fierce. And maybe there's a a higher level of like digital acumen, you know, where people are like more savvy digital consumers, where they feel afraid to ask for review because they feel like all they're going to do is expose themselves to all the cranky Karens in the world. Um, How would you respond to people who are afraid to ask for reviews because they don't want the light shown? Um, on those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, well, first, I, I've never allowed fear to enter into the business model. I feel like this, this has always been my stance. And, and I've even gone to, to Yelp and, and we're on Yelp. And, you know, it doesn't, a bad review doesn't scare me, Ryan. And here's why. Um, I think that, and, and we get them, we do, we get bad reviews. It's an opportunity for me to see where we're coming up short, right? As a business, as as a service provider. Um, When I see a bad review come through about us, I I read it. I read every one. I used to take it personal. It used to scare me personally, right? But then I got to a point where I said, this is valuable information, right? This, This is the customer saying, hey, you got deficiencies that you need to take care of. Um, and, and I used it as an opportunity to train. And, and since I've taken that, that mindset of, hey, you know, this could be an opportunity where we come up short. It has completely changed my mindset and my business. And we've gotten far less bad reviews since I've taken that, that new mindset on. 
with with the bad review. So I, I would say to someone who's maybe concerned about the the cranky Karen or the bad review, don't allow the fear to prevent you from doing what you should be doing in the way of asking for reviews. Like go out and provide your service. If you come up short and you get a bad review, take take it in, read it. Is it is it a legitimate gripe or is it just something that someone's railing on you for no no fair reason? So if it's legitimate, you take it, you run with it, you apologize. And here's the biggest thing that I've learned about that. You make it right by the customer immediately. Not not days from now, immediately. So as soon as I see a a one-star review come through, I'm on the phone with that customer immediately. And I want to know how, why, and how we come up short and what it's going to take to make it right for them. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I like what you said. I think, um, how do I say this? I think some people are afraid of like seeing the bad things, but I, I guess I'm practically of like the mindset that, you know what, your customers are going to be talking about you one way or another. Right. Right. If they have a bad experience, they're going to be talking behind your back. And I'm of the mindset of like, I would much rather be a part of that conversation. Yes. So you know what their experience is. So you know what to pay attention to and what to fix than to know that they're not saying it to your face where you can't fix it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, Ryan, you know, I, I found that when I respond personally to a review and it's not a canned response, there's a great deal of value in that for other people that come behind you because they want to see most people re- realize that they know that you're not a perfect company and they want to see how you handle bad situations. And if you do it right, you know, do right by the customer. So I think that's another component of that, you know, the response. If so, if you are talking to someone who maybe, uh, so let's say, uh, let's say that they have a similar passion to you, like they're committed to kind of standing out and really doing something special in their space. Uh, but maybe they don't focus on the importance of the customer experience and they don't focus on getting these reviews. What are two or three things that you would encourage somebody listening right now to start putting into place to help reframing the way that they're thinking about that to to leverage that momentum? So, So one thing I would say that would be of benefit to anyone changing mindset is, you know, it starts with you. Like, you know, what are you doing as a person for your business, like how are you approaching your day? You know, are you approaching it, approaching your day with intention or are you letting your day happen to you? You know, so that's, that's the first thing. Like how are you setting yourself up for success? Because if you're not setting yourself up for success, how can you help others succeed? Right. Right. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, you know, and then for me personally, you know, a really big component of, of I think, our success in, in getting five-star reviews is I, I love to serve people, right? So for me, you know, I have a servant's heart and I try to align myself with people like me that like to serve people. So that's always been a, a point for me that is giving me the opportunity to succeed because I like to help other people and I truly want to see other people win. Right. You know? Yeah. And I've, I think in the time that I've known you, I've seen that same trait too. It's interesting that you, uh, that, that seeing other people win is one of those things, the servant heart mentality. 
yeah, it's, it's, it's an important piece of who I am, you know, and it, and it served me well for, for my 25 plus years of being in this electrical industry. So. I, um, I really appreciate the time you come out. Actually, let me ask this one more question. Yep. What is 25 years in the business? A lot's changed in the trade, in the market space, in the way consumers react and behave. What is the number one most surprising thing that you've seen in that, in that window? Technology. Mm. And, and how we use technology today as opposed to 25 years ago. Yeah. So it, it has it, it has created a lot of opportunity and benefit for me as a company, but it's also created a lot of negative things along the way as well. So, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. And the technology piece of it, though, has been really, really. And even as we speak today uh, on this podcast, uh, we're, we're using a platform that didn't exist 25 years yeah. ago. Totally. So who would have thought that we would be doing this, you know, 25 years ago It was a telephone and a fax machine, you know, and don't forget the pager and the pager. So that was the technology of the day. And today, yeah. you know, it's, it's just come so far so fast. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by what the technology will offer us in the future, but it also, it concerns me a little bit. Right. Yeah. It's, um, not to get all dystopian, I'm I'm really curious, maybe, to see how technology and the rate of technology adoption and the change starts as we start moving forward. I mean, it's um, it's a pretty fast clip, yeah, and it seems like it's getting faster and faster. Absolutely, man. I I'm so grateful that you uh, took the time to hop on the show, man, because I know you're busy, and I'm really glad that for our first sparky it was you you know like you. i'm super super glad that that was you coming on but thank you so much if uh rodney if somebody wants to talk more about your business any sort of advice you might have to give them um how would they reach out to you so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you the best way would be my cell phone and i'm gonna offer it up on your podcast it's 443 uh, any other electrical contractors or plumbers or even HVAC companies want to reach out to me, I'm always happy to help. Ryan, it was an honor. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show today. I appreciate it. And uh, if I can help any other contractors out there father their businesses, I'm always happy to do so. Dude, you are the man. Rodney Magathy Electric, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by, man. It was it was a ton of fun. You're welcome. Have a good one. Right, good job. Man. See you, buddy. Bye. This episode was hosted by Ryan Redding, author of the book on digital marketing for plumbing and HVAC contractors. This show also includes much help from Shelby Nichols. You can subscribe to Blue Collar CEO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us online at bluecollar.ceo and find us on Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 